welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. We'd like to start this part in the service by just saying some things about us that God says about us. So some of us put our hands over our heart, but we're not saying any kind of pledge. Um, if you, if you want to say this with me, say it along with me. The words will be on the screen. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Now say this with me. Come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Give yourselves another big hand and then you can be seated. Thank you for standing if you're new to our church. Uh, church in general is uh, welcome to just one of the many subcultures that exist within America, but there's specific reasons why we do the things that we do. You see growing up, so my parents, my name's Josh, my parents, Pastor Keith and Sheila, they founded this church. And so growing up in our family, my parents were very intentional about having us say declarations every morning when, when we would wake up, um, my dad would wake us up, my mom would make us up. And before we went to school, we had to say our declarations. And what we had to say every morning when I was a kid growing up, we would have to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Good morning, precious. So we'd have to call ourselves precious. We wouldn't, I mean, I'm sure my parents wanted us to call them precious, but we would have to call ourselves precious as we started the day. And so I want to take a minute and explain that little part that we just did, because most of us in this room, um, maybe we didn't have parents or leadership around us that was intentional uh, about helping us say the right things about ourselves. And uh, what we like to do is start this part in the service by just making some declarations about, about who we are. See, the greatest need that, that we have, some of the biggest questions that we ask have to do with our self-esteem and our self-worth. And what we find here at Elevate Life is that if we can get ourselves on the same side as God, as it relates to seeing us, then we probably wouldn't struggle as much as we struggle. But um, our, our intentional, our, our purpose, one of the things that we wanna do as a church is really help people elevate their thinking so they can elevate their life. And that includes helping us think better about who we are. Because the fact that we're breathing and the fact that we're alive means that we have worth, right? So um, that's, not what I'm, that's not what I'm gonna talk to you about today. Um, what I'm gonna talk to you about is transformation. And so the title of my message is not about that life. And uh, I'm gonna get into that in just a minute. Some of y'all um, don't know what that means and we'll talk about it. Uh, but but just, just recently, I wanna catch you up. If you're brand new here to Elevate Life, this is the perfect time for you to come because we're gonna spend the next month talking about uh, our past, present, and mostly future as a church. And so we've been here for 20 years now. We'll be celebrating 20 years next weekend. You heard Jeremy say that. And, um, and so we're gonna talk about really throughout this series how we're moving forward. But on New Year's Eve, Pastor Keith, he usually gives us a word for the year. And our word for this year, for the year of 2020, is transformation. And that means a lot of things for us as a church. It means uh, a lot of things for us as individuals. And so I encourage you to go back um, if you haven't seen the New Year's Eve service yet, it's available online. You can go back and watch it and kind of understand the prophetic significance, if I can say it that way, um, of where we're at in the history of our church. Because I'm going to talk really practical today. 
So if you need notes, there, uh, there, we have a website, live.elevate.life. All the notes are right there. Also, if you use the Uversion app, you can go to events in the Uversion app and the notes will be um, right there. So um, Pastor Keith talked about on New Year's Eve about a caterpillar and about how this word transformation biblically really means metamorphosis. And the closest thing we have to represent that visually is this transformation of a caterpillar into a butterfly. And uh, there were some people, believe it or not, that sat in our New Year's Eve service and had no idea that butterflies came from caterpillars. And uh, it's a true story. And um, put your kids in school. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Man, I don't know what to say. It's just, God help us. What are we doing? Um, but we learned, some of us learned that caterpillars become butterflies. That's a thing that happens. And uh, one of the things I want to show you visually, because we didn't get a chance to show it on New Year's Eve, is I want to show you actually what that looks like. So we have a little one minute video. So check this video out. So, um, so that is, yeah, we can clap for whoever made that video. Way to go, person on the internet. So just to catch us up to where we're at, okay, we're talking about, um, not about that life, okay? So here's, here's what happens, okay, in the, in the story of a caterpillar. Some of us, we sat in New Year's Eve, we're like, yeah, I want that transformation. I don't just want to change. I want to transform. So there's, there's some really interesting things that happen. And if you didn't, if you're more of an, if you're more of an auditory learner and you're not a visual learner and none of that connected with you, um, here's what happens. The caterpillar hangs upside down, creates a cocoon for itself inside the cocoon caterpillar. The caterpillar literally digests itself. It releases enzymes that dissolve its entire body. And in fact, if you were to open a cocoon at the right time, uh, this, this caterpillar soup, would literally ooze out of the, the cocoon. So I think we can safely say this is some kind of death scenario. Like this is not, this caterpillar is not alive. It's not at this point having anything rep representing a life. But a caterpillar literally, literally starts from the inside out and destroys every part of itself that would resemble a caterpillar. 
So caterpillar soup happens. And then I think the most interesting thing about being transformed, that this caterpillar being transformed into a butterfly uh, happens, and that's that there's literally only a few cells that aren't disintegrated in the process of this, this caterpillar's death. Now, if you want to go read all about biology, and maybe you're a biologist, and that's awesome, and we love that you love all the boring things that none of us mostly really are interested in, like imaginal disks. It's just another word for cells. I don't know what the word means. Um, I don't honestly care to know. I just know they're cells. So there's these cells that are left behind, and these few cells begin to use what was once dead all around them to fuel the rapid cell division that, ta that it takes to become a butterfly. So this strange, weird, gross ooze is the very thing that becomes the, cat the catalyst for the butterfly to emerge. For example, one wing can start with as little as 50 cells, and by the end of this metamorphosis, increase to more than 50,000 cells. So what does this have to do with um, our time together today? Because we're not about that life. So I want, I, want to read, I want to read Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 in this context. And, um, and this is the, the, the verse, the, the passage of scripture that Pastor Keith gave us for this year that we believe is going to lead our year. But I really want you to hear it in the context of this idea of metamorphosis from caterpillar into butterfly. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse two, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so when I say uh, we're not about that life, most of us want to change. Like we don't want to transform. I don't want to the, the first verse, the first verse there shows us the beginning of the journey toward change and that's sacrifice. So if you grew up in church, what you probably heard at some point was someone that, and if you had a bad Christian leader, if you had a bad Christian experience or whatever, what a lot of people are looking for is things that will already line up with their preconceived notions of who they are and who they want to be. So if someone wants to be racist, they'll find justification to be racist. If someone wants to be mean-spirited, they'll find justification to be mean-spirited. If someone wants to not love people, they'll find justification to not love people. People can find all kinds of justification and take all different things out of context to not have to transform and maybe just have to change a little bit. So we start the year, right, and everybody right now is talking about, you know, not only we're going to change our habits, but, you know, most people, they sign up for a gym membership and then three months later they don't use it and all that stuff. You know, and, and so we get focused on times in our life. There's times in our life that come where, whether it's a crisis or just decisions that we make, we're like, I really have to change. Like some of us maybe have gone to the doctor and a doctor is like, hey, look, if you don't change X, Y, and Z about your life, this is not going to end up well. I have people in my family who uh, uh, have been told, hey, stop smoking. And if you don't, if you continue to smoke, so this, this particular person that I know, um, has had cancer multiple times. So if you continue to smoke, you will continue to get cancer. And uh, they're like, yeah, that's okay. That's fine with me. I'm, I mean, I don't mind. I'm still alive, right? That's kind of how I feel like they're living their life. And so it's like, oh, you know, you got to change this stuff. You got to change your perspective, change your behavior. And this is how we treat Jesus sometimes for Christians in this room. We treat Christianity as like, 
There, there should do, there, this is like a behavior modification program. So you come to Jesus and at some point you become a Christian and you got to stop sinning. Um, you got to start making God happy. Don't be a mess anymore in your life. You know, it's, at some point this switch should just flip for you and everything should be different. You should act different. You should do things different. You should value different things. Um, but what we learned on New Year's Eve that I want to just get into in just a minute. Oh, I skipped it. Never mind. I took the, I took the slide out. But change is, it, this is right here in your notes. Change is, is something that you do. Transformation is something that you become. It's like there's a Pixar movie called A Bug's Life. I recommend it. You should watch it. You should watch anything that has Disney attached to it. And if you don't feel that way, you're probably in the wrong church. <laughs> it's okay if you don't like Disney, please come back. But, but there's this movie where this caterpillar so wants to become a butterfly. And at the end of the movie, he ends up just being a caterpillar with wings. And, um, and not really a butterfly, because I guess to keep the character going. And God doesn't want us to be caterpillars with wings. So, so here's, here's what happens. Okay, and this is, this is for those of us in this room who are Christians. So if you're new to church or, or if, if uh, this is like, if, if this is your first time in this church, this might not necessarily be for you, although if it is, it's great. So we go, God, I just want, I wanna, I wanna do things your way. God, I wanna have the life you want me to, you want me to live. I wanna transform into a new person. And then God says in, in verse one of Romans chapter 12, we skip that verse because it doesn't sound, it's not something I can write on my mirror. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. So not only do you have to transform, you have to kill yourself. You have to kill certain things about yourself that, that don't work. Because God, God is not about what we're doing. God's about what we're becoming. And so, so many of us are going through life. It doesn't matter what our age is or where we happen to be in life. We're like, God, what's your will for my life? God, what's your plan for my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? God's, God spells it out in his word. You can look at Romans chapter 12, verse two and see God's will for your life. What's God's will for your life? For you to transform into a new person by changing the way that you think. But that doesn't really start happening until we decide to take the journey. Because if we're using this, this word metamorphosis, if we're using this word transformation, as a jumping off point for our, our year this year, are we really about that life? Like, am I really about just letting go of things that I feel like I'm entitled to act that way? Or I feel like I'm entitled to be that way or I'm entitled to have these things. I remember when, when me and Courtney got married, uh, we were reading this premarital book and in the premarital book, the, one of the questions, the, the whole chapter is about what have you mourned that you'll never get to do again? after getting married. It's like, I never really thought about that. I thought I was just gonna get married to this person and we'd just combine our lives and I would get to do everything I want. She would get to do everything she wanted and then we'll be happy and we'll just be like roommates. You know, it's not how it works. Well, it might be how it works, but that's not healthy, right? So there's certain things that as we move forward into new seasons, new times, places that God wants to take us, there's certain things that God wants us to get rid of. And we go, God, just like, just like get rid of it for me. So God, I, I don't, I don't want to struggle with this anymore. Just help me with this. God's like, man, yeah, I know you have your own mind though. And you have your own body and you have your own ability to move and think and like walk and make decisions. And so it's, it's not like God help me love people, right? It's not, oh God, just help me love these people that are unlovable around me. 
It's like we have to make a decision to act in a certain way that is loving towards, that is loving towards people. We have, to, we have to make that decision to sacrifice what we feel entitled to in so many ways. And so there's this journey here that God wants us to go on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, so you might be sitting here going, man, like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm about that life. Not about that life. This is, this is the, in, in my opinion, and again, I'm, uh, I try not to be just super cynical all the time, but this is why we find ourselves where we find ourselves in Christian culture in America today. Because, because so many of us, we would just rather be a person that comes to church out of obligation or we, 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 we are part of a church. We, we, we kind of like call ourselves these cultural Christians. You know, there's a joke in, in Christian circles that you have priesters, which are people that are only Christian on Christmas and Easter, right? And so, and so, so there's people that are culturally, that are culturally Christian. This is not what Jesus died on the cross for. He, he didn't come to the earth and die on a cross so that we could identify as Christian. That's, that's, or, or like, hey, I, I live in the South. And so it's like the Bible Belt, and this is what we do, we go to church. And so that we could talk to our kids that way and say, hey, like when we wake our kids up in the morning and try to take them to church, why are we going to church? Well, it's just something that we do. That's not, if we're doing it for that reason, just shut it down. You don't need this. You don't need this in your life. You don't need another thing. Are you kidding? Like I work here and I don't, I'm busy. I don't have time on Sunday. I want to take a day off. I got to work here all week. I'm going to deal with all this stuff all week. Y'all just, just have to deal with it on Sunday. I'm here <laughs> the rest of the time. Well, y'all are all working, right? So last thing we want to do, and, and, and again, the last, the last thing I want to do as a person who's busy, that's got a wife that's pregnant and a toddler, is just go to something that I feel obligated to be at. Like hopefully today is significant and impactful for you and helps you take some next steps in your journey. But... There's an inherent decision that each one of us have to make if we call ourselves Jesus followers. And it's not about getting it all overnight. And so sometimes people come into church and they hear like an offering message, right? And they go, I don't like that. I don't like that that church talks about money. That has to do with where they're at in the journey. The Bible scripture tells us, talks to us about this thing with God, this transformation. Okay, so you might be sitting here going, like, okay, Jesus, your Paul said, present yourself as a living sacrifice. I'm not sure if I want to do that. I'm not sure if I'm about that. I hear that word transformation. God, I want everything to transform for my good. I don't want to like die. Although metamorphosis requires death on a level. I mean, we can safely say caterpillar goo is probably not a sentient being, right? So there's something mixed in in that. God, I want to do that, but I'm nervous, but I also want to have your will for my life. How do I do this? What, is, what does this journey look like for me? And so people come and they sit in churches just like this every, every Sunday, every weekend, and they go, okay, God, I want to change some things in my life. And you know, you and I in this room, we know how hard we try to change stuff. Like I, I will never change the fact that I just love cheeseburgers like so much. You know, like I started my fast early and it's awful. Like we were watching, I was just, I decided to torture myself last night and watch Guy Fieri on TV for like three hours. If you ever watch Triple D, like Triple D gang, I'm going to go everywhere I go for real. Whenever I travel, whenever I go on vacation or whatever, I look up, has Guy been here? And I go to his restaurants, just a little pro tip, travel tip. Guy Fieri likes everything good that I like. Anyway, I'm off a little bit. So, um, 
So as much as I would, would try to change, like I, you know, like, you know, people go, oh, you, you stop drinking soda and then you won't like it. That's a lie. It's hundred percent not true. <laughs> I could not drink Coke. I could not drink Coke for like six months. Go drink it one time. Like this is my favorite drink in the world. It's actually better now that I haven't had it for six months. People that say that you healthy people, y'all can go listen to pastor Keith talk. Y'all are with the fat boy right now. I'm just kidding. I'm not fat. Well, maybe I'm a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> so there's certain things about us. Like think about how many diets you tried. Like, I just want to ask you a question. This is totally unsolicited. I don't even know how many of you tried keto last year. Raise your hand. A good amount of us. How many of you before that you tried Atkins like 20 years ago? Keto number one, right? Which is like everyone under 40 doesn't even know what Atkins is, I don't think. Like there's all these different things that we try. We like throw everything up against the wall, see what it says. Today, I, you know, I'm going to start this year and I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to do cardio. It's just 30 minutes a day. I just got to do it. And then we did it on January 1st. And if you're like me, I don't even know what today is. What's the fifth? I did it on January 1st. Worked out this week. It's awesome. I worked out this year. It's amazing. It's a good year to have a great year. So, so think about how many things you've just tried to change, initiated change in, in your life and how well that has or hasn't gone because it's not about changing something. It's not about modifying what you're currently doing and just making little simple tweaks here and there. It's about starting a completely different journey. And then what, what, what happens though, is we get discouraged because transformation, there's a long arc to transformation. It's not immediate. It's even that way with us spiritually and emotionally and mentally, you know, a lot of times we come to church. There's a lot of people that, that come to church. We come to church and we just need God's help. And we're in a really low time in our life. and We're just struggling. And, and the, the answers that we're able to give you are not strong enough and they're not the right enough answers because it's like, I'm in a season of crisis and I need God to show up in the midst of my crisis. And a lot of times God totally shows up in the midst of crisis and he totally ministers to us in the midst of crisis. But then he says, Hey, this whole transformation thing, it's a process. Like life is a process. It's okay. I, I would just encourage you. This is okay to be where you're at right now. It's not okay to be there 10 years from now, but it's okay to be where you are today. You are where you are. And a lot of times we don't want to admit where we are. Like one time, you know, my, some of my friends give me a hard time. We went to, we went to uh, Yosemite a few years ago, some of our friends, and I was not in great shape. Um, I, I'm not now, but I wasn't then either. And, uh, I'm okay. I'm decent. You know, it worked out this week. <laughs> so I wasn't in great shape. So we go to do this hike and I didn't realize how high we were. We were like two miles up, you know, Yosemite, you go up and down a whole bunch. And, um, we were like two miles up and everyone had to, uh, had to just stop and wait for me. And I'm like, no, I got it. I can't even breathe though. It's so, it's like, it's so high. I'm so like not cardio at all. You know, I'd rather lift, I'd lift weights for three hours before I do one minute of cardio. Um, but that was six months ago. So, so, so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to admit to myself how out of shape I am. Cause I've been in like really great shape before. And, but these people are all having to wait on me. And it was a little bit, it was honestly like a little bit embarrassing for me. And it still is today. Um, it's okay. I'm, I'm self-deprecating and, um, it's fine. So sometimes we don't want to be real with ourselves about where we're at. And I, and, and I think physically is a good representation of that I don't even mean to talk about anything physically 
today that's not what today's message is about, but, but we have to admit, we have to be real about where we're at right now. You know, it's like people that don't want to go to the dentist because they don't want to hear about they have a cavity or need a root canal or whatever. It's like we know in our mind, hey, I know that if I just keep not going to the dentist, it's going to get worse. Um, but if I deny it, then I don't have to deal with the anxiety of, of understanding where I'm at. And so God, God, God builds in this. So sometimes we look at these words like transformation and we think, oh, man, I'd really like to do that. It seems really hard for me. I don't really know if I'm ready for, I'm ready to take any kind of journey in my life. I don't know if I'm there yet. It's like, hey, I'll get in shape when I'm in shape. Like, no, you just, need, let's just start, let's start something. Like, hey, I'll get emotionally healthy when I'm emotionally healthy. It's like, hey, just like be a little bit better today than you were yesterday, right? And we hear that kind of stuff, but that's, that's hard, it's difficult for us. And so this scripture, we go through scripture and we look at life we look at our, our spirituality, we look at our journey with God and scripture is filled with just take the journey, just start. So in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So there's a beginning, right? There's a, there's a, there's a journey that's, that's inherent here. And as a church, we've done a lot of work to try to figure out um, how do we help people in this journey? How do we help people navigate their, their lives in the context of the journey of faith and emotional health and spiritual health and even physical health on a, on a lot of levels because it's about starting. So, so I, wanna, I wanna encourage you something as we start this year and as this is the first weekend in the year, I wanna, I wanna encourage you something, hey, just like get started and it's not about, you're not gonna stay on the path the whole time. Like sometimes you're gonna go off Sometimes you're gonna make a mistake. Sometimes things aren't gonna go the way that you want them to go or whatever, but just keep going down the journey. So where do we, where do we start? Well, we gotta start by just kind of deciding to do it, deciding to get started. And uh, um, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm like, I don't really post anything except memes. And I wanna share with you as we start this journey into 2020, my favorite meme of the last decade. tomorrow. So just do it. Make your dreams come true. Just do it. Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible. You should get to the point where anyone else would quit and you're not going to stop there. No, what are you waiting for? Do it. Just do it! Yes, you can! Just do it! If you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. Shia LaBeouf. You don't need to go look at his other stuff. Just go find that video. And Watch it, that's an all time favorite for me. So I wanted him to encourage you with that. Let's just get started. <laughs> you need to start over again, let's just go. So where do we start? Where do I start in this thing? This whole big thing called transformation. 
okay, there's this, there's this journey God wants to take me on. The thing is, God's going to be faithful to you. He's going to take you on the journey. He's going to navigate your life with you. He's going to lead you and guide you. There's this thing called the Holy Spirit that's the helper that comes into our life and begins to lead us and guide us. And we start to maybe not hear God's voice in an audible way, but start to hear God's voice in terms of the leading of God. So the first thing we have to do is we have to understand the thinking. Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And so what does Jesus use to transform the way that we think? He uses this thing called the great commandment. And I'm not going to, and I'm not going to read it to you. I encourage you to go read it for yourself. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. Someone comes and they ask Jesus, they say, what's the most important thing for me to do? If Jesus was standing in front of you today and you called yourself a Jesus follower and you asked him this question, Jesus, in order to follow you well, what do I need to do? Jesus said, you got to do two things. You got to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second thing is you got to love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. So he said, that's, that fulfills everything. That fulfills all the law and the prophets. And so here's, here's why we exist as Elevate Life Church. And you heard Pastor Keith talk about this. And I want to talk about our church, but the church is more than, it's not just a building or an organization. The church is people, it's us. This is why the church, we believe, this is why the church exists in the world. Why Jesus started the church was to love people into lifelong transformation. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't get started in this part of the journey, you're never going to get started. And the truth is that's the hardest part for most of, most of us. Because I got a lot of people I don't want to love. I got a lot of people I don't want to express even good thoughts towards. I got a lot of unforgiveness. The longer I live my life, the harder it is for me to, you know, honestly maintain relationships because I just get hurt. And it's like, hey, I'm a loyal person, but if you're disloyal to me, I'm just going to, you know, cut you out of my life. And so there, there's, a, there's, there's a difference between having relationship right and loving someone. And I'm not going to talk about that today. You got to do your own research in that. But what you do, what you and I do have to do. So God, Jesus says, love is the most important thing. Paul says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. The most important thing that should lead our thinking towards people, places, things, and circumstances is this thing called the great commandment. I got to love my neighbor as myself. Got to love my neighbor like God loves me. And then as we begin to buy into that, now all of us know in this room, like we're like, hey, you know, I wish a lot more Christians did that. Totally, 100%. Let's just be the ones that do. And I sit there sometimes and, and I think about the bigness of this. The idea that Christians really should be the most loving people in the world and how that's not our reputation. And I think, how do we ever change that? How, am I, how, how are we ever going to change the culture of the world as it relates to thinking about Christians that we're loving, not that we're judgmental, not that we're hateful. You know, there's a whole lot of us out there that are really, really trying hard to love people. And uh, I think that God just wants it to just be us. Like the gospel is a very personal thing. God's not asking you to influence nations and crowds and all that, although he probably wants, you to, wants to use you to do that. What God's asking you to do is take this journey in yourself. Transformation is a very personal thing for all of us. It's a, it's a journey that God wants to take us on as individuals. And so for me to take this journey means that I have to do what I need to do to love people well. For me, that looks like forgiveness. Um, for me, that looks like not just wholesale cutting people off if they hurt my feelings or don't do what I think that they should do. Because as a, as a person who's a little bit more introverted, 
I'm like, I don't need you anyway. So if you don't fit into my box, then, I'm, then we're done because I don't have time for this. I don't even want to have time for it. I'm trying my best to be a human being and connect with others, but you're making it really hard, right? Some of you, you don't understand what that means. That's okay. You're on the other side of that equation. <laughs> but for real, that's, that's, that's my personal thing is when people don't live up to my standard that I set for myself, how do I, how do I behave towards them? And I've had to, and I've had to grow in that and I've had to work on that. And I've had to ask people for forgiveness in my life because it's not loving to act that way. It's not loving to, to hold, to, to, to hold other people to a standard you even hold yourself to. You got to hold yourself to that standard and love people and give grace to them. Jesus tells us in John 13, he says, love people like I've loved you. That means, man, like that's scary, Jesus, because that's unlimited grace. And that's a whole lot of like forgiveness and a whole lot of, hey, it's okay, buddy. Let's try again, again. <laughs> right? But this thing called the great commandment, I can't get away from it. I can't get away from it. If I call myself a Jesus follower, now you don't have to call yourself that. You don't have to call yourself a Christian. But if you call yourself one, you got to buy into that. You got to buy into the way of thinking. So, so Paul says, Romans 12 verse 2, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So to buy into the way of thinking says, I'm going to think about people and feel about people the way Jesus did. And then as we do that, we go into the second thing that's called the Great Commission. Now, many of us in this room have heard of that. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 28, um, Jesus is going up to heaven, you know, it's amazing. He's risen from the dead, all that stuff. And he says, he says, go into the world and make disciples, teach these disciples to obey all the things that I've, that I, all the commands that I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So here's what God does. He says, okay, this first part of your journey is between you and me. I need you to understand if we don't have the right concept of love, we're not going to love people well. So I need you to understand how to love people well. The second thing I need you to do, or I need you to understand how much I love you, first thing. And as you begin to understand how much I love you, you can really like enjoy yourself as a person and love who you are. And the second thing is, why don't you go ahead and take other people on that journey with you? Be transformed yourself, like start to buy in to what I wanna do through your life. Because it is about grace, but it's not just about grace. So the first part of the journey is between us and God. The second part is about other people. We need people. We need people to help us and we need people uh, that we're helping. So Hebrews chapter six, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read it to you today. Uh, Hebrews chapter six and all through scripture in the new Testament, you see these, these, you see these, these parts of scripture that say, um, let's get off the milk and onto the meat. I wish we could get off the basic teachings of Christ and onto things that will lead to greater maturity. Let us become mature in our understanding. So ideally, the longer we walk with God, the more our maturity is expressed to people. And I know that sounds um, really dry, but let me give you an example. The kind of churches I grew up in were churches that like, um, Someone says, hey, how'd you hear about our church? And they'd say, well, you know, at our last church, we just weren't getting fed. Well, how long have you been a Christian? Oh, 15 years, 20 years, you know, 30 years. Let me tell you guys about a miracle that uh, I lived through. I'm 32 years old and I'm not dead. 
at some point, uh, my parents stopped feeding me and I lived. It's unbelievable. Everyone in this room, everyone in this room, you're a miracle. Your parents don't feed you. Like you don't have to do the bottle thing anymore. What? That's crazy. Like you went from a baby to a, not a baby. So then, so here's what, here's what people do in, in, in their walk with God or in their own emotional maturity. Don't even spiritualize it in their own emotional maturity. They're like, Hey, you made me mad and that's going to ruin my day. And they make a decision to be immature in their emotions because it's up to other people to make them feel happy. Right? So, so I need you to feed me. That's what babies do, right? Man, some people love the time. And like we're pregnant with our second and six months from now, it's going to be awful. Because <laughs> some people love the baby time. Like I would re- t- t- like now Charlie, she's throwing temper tantrums all the time. It's the terrific twos. We love it. You know why? Because she can kind of feed herself. I don't have to worry about this thing like, oh my gosh, oh, oh, did you forget to feed her? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, the bottle's too hot. The whole deal. It's like, oh my gosh, what in the world, right? It's exhausting. Think, think about, this is how people live life with other people. There's some people that walk around, they're like, ah, wah, ah, feed me, do this for me, help me, help me feel better, make my emotions work, make my mental health work, make my spiritual health work. Y'all do this stuff for me, right? And, And so at some point in our life, okay, God wants us to transition into being able to feed ourselves just like we are as human beings. Like today, you're going to go eat, you're going to do your deal and you're going to take care of yourself. You're probably going to, you probably also have the maturity. Many of us in this room, we have children that we also have the maturity to take care of them, make sure that they're fed. Not only are we feeding ourselves, but we're feeding other people. And maybe that's like an ancillary for how God wants us to live life because a commission is an authorization and command to perform various acts. So when Jesus says, go make disciples, what he says is go turn needers into feeders. So, so the question that, that I want you to answer for yourself, I don't know, I don't know many of you personally in this room. The question I want you to answer for yourself is am I a needer or am I, or am I a feeder? In my life, in my relationships, at my job, in my role here at the church, if you've been at, if you've been at our church for a period of time, am I a person that needs greatly or am I a person that feeds greatly? Because as we buy, and I want to just show you the journey, as we buy into the great commission, or as we buy into the great commandment, we get to live out the great commission. The, the, the struggle that we have today in Christian circles and in the church in the United States of America is not whether or not anybody believes this stuff and not whether or not any, any of it's true. The struggle is whether or not anybody's going to live it, right? That's, that's the difficulty, is who's going to live this thing out? So Jesus said this, like, this is the guy that started the whole thing. This is like the God man, the guy that we claim to follow. The last thing he said, go into all the world and make disciples, raise up people that think like you, act like you and live like you. Some of us, let's not look at ourselves. It's easier to look at other people. So we can do that right now. Some of us look at other people and we're like, I don't want any more of them in the world. Some of those people are Christians or they claim to be right. And so what, what do we need to do? We need to take our own personal journey to make sure that that's not us. That would just be my encouragement. 
So, so people, and I, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm making a joke about the, you know, I'm just not getting fed here. Hopefully you get fed here at Elevate Life Church. If not, you know, I'm sorry. Come back next week. Pastor Keith's going to be here. It's going to be great. <laughs> but, um, but, but in our life, okay, um, we have to make a transition at some point to having the maturity to go, okay, when I come sit in a service or when I come to that church, even let's bring it back to church life. When I come sit in that service or when I come to church, it's not about me. It's about what it's about what I'm able to do for other people that are there. There's people in this room right now. You know more about the Bible than me. Like, you know, more word than me, you know, more word than some of our pastors and you got so much to offer. And so we need that. People need that. It's not about who's on the stage. It's not about who's on the platform. That's not, that's not the point of this thing. The point of this thing is for us to help people take their journey while we're taking our journey. So, so Ephesians chapter four, um, Paul says, we're not going to be immature like children tossed by every wind of doctrine. We're not going to be influenced by all these different things, but we're going to grow mature and healthy and, and the body's going to be filled with love. So when we have a church, when we have a church that's filled with love, what that means is that we have mature people that are part of a part of the team here. And so how do we get to maturity? One of the things that we've done as a church, and, and I want to, I'm going to roll this out to you. And this might seem really simple, but this is uh, required significant cost out of us because it's required us to look at everything that we do as a church in terms of how we're taking people go on their, uh, how we're helping people go on their journey with God and with themselves in, in their own health. And so what do we do? So I want to explain this. I'm going to take a couple minutes and I'm going to explain this. I'm not going to get deep into it because you're going to hear this throughout the rest of this year, but we create experiences that help people know God, grow closer, go serve. And so generously, um, the first thing I want to, I want to mention, and this is like the real practical part of what does it mean to be a part of Elevate Life Church in 2020? This is something that we're really, uh, we're really excited about because it's transformed everything about the way that we're doing church. Um, but we feel like this is the most significant um, time in our church history because we really feel like God's spoken a lot into this. And so when I grew up in church and many of us, we grew up in church, there's things called ministry programs. Okay. And a program is anywhere where people gather. So some of us, we grew up in like a, the, 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 Baptist church or whatever, you got the old singles and the young singles and you got the, this group and you got that group over there and we got this ministry for these people and this ministry for these people over there. And so your church ends up just so segmented according to just basically demographics. And, and uh, Jesus didn't, when we studied this, it was like Jesus didn't ask us to build a group of programs that somehow represent maybe what a church could be. What Jesus asked us to do was he asked us to make disciples. So a program is any, is any um, place where people meet together on a regular basis. Small groups are a program, kids ministries are a program, on and on and on. I'm, not, I'm just explaining to you a little bit of the terminology as we go through this, because I think it's important that you understand the thought process. So our goal at Elevate Life Church is not to start programs. It's not to have more ministries. You know, some people that are, that have been in leadership with us are like, Hey, what's really happening in our church right now? Cause we're kind of like, you know, moving on from a lot of things at once because our goal has been, our goal has been, has shifted over the past couple of years to say, how are we helping people take a journey along a path? Not just plugging them into a ministry, yeah. not just hey, saying, Hey, come, come sit in a church service with us and 
just enjoy church. It's no, it's about this concept of discipleship, this idea behind transformation. So how are we going to do that as a church? So, <coughs> excuse me, um, transformation, uh, you know, I'm probably going to remove this for second service, but I'll take a little bit of time on it for y'all. Transformation is greater than conversion. God doesn't want us to be a conversion culture. God doesn't want us to be a church that says, hey, we're just about getting people saved. We're going to get them saved and hopefully God can sort them out. George Whitfield, a famous evangelist, was once asked, he said, how many people got saved in your, in, your, in your meeting? And he said, I don't know, we'll see in a year. Because transformation is a process, conversion is a one-time event. Some of you are sitting in this room and you don't have a right relationship with God, and I'm gonna give you a, a, a decision to make in, in just a moment. But what we wanna do is help people take the journey. And then it's not about assimilation, which means we don't want you to just assimilate into the culture of our church. There's sometimes, Pastor Keith, uh, like at different events, they'll be like, how long, you know, how many of you have been here for 15 years? And some people will stand up and I'm like, I've never seen that person before. I've been here since the very beginning. I feel like I know a lot of people. 15 years, man, huh? Because it, it's not about assimilation. It's not about how long you've been here. It's about how long someone's been a Christian or how long a person's been in church. It's about their transformation. Have they matured, right? Have they, have they matured and transformed and grown into who God has called them to become? Have they taken that journey? Because a lot of people, they, man, I've been, I've been a Christian for 30 years, but I sure don't forgive anybody. I'm sure great at judging everyone, right? So here's our focus, taking clear steps based on what Jesus did with his disciples. And this is like the really practical part that I wanna tell you about what our church is looking like now what it's going to look like moving forward in the future and where you fit in that. Because this is not a message that's like, hey, let's all just get really excited and go have a great year. Make sure you get on the treadmill tomorrow. I know I won't be. I'm going to get on the bike though, maybe. See how I feel. I'm on a fast. It's a, it's, a, it's a good excuse. So there's four key steps in the journey that we feel like scripture identifies that God helps us mature in these different ways. And I'm just gonna hit on them. I'm just gonna hit on them really quick, okay? So the first thing is God wants us to know him. Like if you're in this room and you just don't know anything about God, you have no context for a relationship with God, you, you're judging yourself, you're mad at yourself, you're ashamed of yourself, you're, you feel condemned in your life, you probably don't know God well enough yet. We want you to get to know him so you can stop judging yourself, number one. Number two, so you can stop feeling like he's judging you. So when we have Sunday morning services just like this, this is about us getting to know God. We worship because this is us connecting with God, right? The second thing is we got to grow closer. So some of us have been coming to this church for a while and we don't have any relationships here. And so many people, they walk into this building, they're like, oh my gosh, this church is so big and this building is so big and we really want to go to a, a, a smaller church. And that's not gonna, going to the size of a building or the size of a crowd doesn't fix anything. What fixes it is when we start getting involved in actual relationships with people. So you coming, as, as those of you that have just maybe been coming on weekend services, if you've just been coming on weekend services, that's, that's fine and that's good, but you're not gonna get what you need here because you need to build relationships. You need to get some people around you. The thing that God uses to change our life. Like this message today is not gonna change your life. 
This worship today is not going to change your life. What's going to change your life is when you get connected with somebody that can help you in your journey, love you, pray for you, speak into you, know your name, believe the best for you, stand with your family. And so every, every, every couple months we, we push small groups. We're like, hey, everybody join small groups. Why? Because it's all about relationship. If you don't get plugged into relationship, you'll never get fed. Never. Right? And so, so, so as we build relationships, God really does begin to change things in our life. It's important to have mature people speaking into your marriage, especially if you're a young married person like me. I don't know, I don't know nothing about being married, right? I don't know anything. I've been married five years, feel stupider every day. It's just part of the journey, right? I'm getting more mature. I have pe people that are leaders in my life that I have relationships with that can speak into that, okay? So then, so then the next thing, so there's, there's, a, there's a transition that happens. It's about us, know God. God, I wanna know you, I wanna get to know you better. Step two, hey, I'm gonna start plugging in relationship. Third, then God says, hey, why don't you start fulfilling the great commission for me? First thing, love your neighbor as yourself. As a church, we hope that weekend services and small groups are just places that people can come to that they just feel like so loved by us and so loved by God. And then as people get to know what's happening in, in our church and as they begin to see what's happening in their life, they can't help but say, I wanna get involved in other people's transformation. See all these people that are taking care of your kids today, all these people that helped you park, all these people that are hosting in this service, all these people that are gonna be in the welcome lounge today, the people in the cafe, we're not paying any of them. They've, they've decided to make their life about you, make their life about making sure that you have a great Sunday today and that you have a great day. And so that's not perfect, but you can help make it better. You might sit here and go, you know, I don't need a small group. That's boring. I can do Bible study by myself. This is perfect for you. We will put you to work, man. Why have you joined 10 teams? You'll be wore out. You're like, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. And then it's cool. We'll help you, we'll help you navigate your health, right? So then, so then the uh, think healthy, balance, do growth. That's a little Easter egg for later. So then the, then the last step that we feel like really helps us really demonstrates the ultimate demonstration of spiritual maturity. You've probably heard me say this a hundred times is when we're generous when we're generous with our time, our talent, our treasure. And some of us sit in this room, right? And, or some people sit in this room or they sit in rooms like this and they don't understand the, the concept of giving in an offering or tithing or anything like that. And we don't expect them to. Why? Because that's not where they are in their journey. Some people show up to our church and they just, they just need relationships. They just need someone to sow into them. They are a needer. It's okay to be a needer. It's okay to need some things. It's okay to come here and go, man, I'm not in the most healthy place right now emotionally, or our marriage isn't in the most healthy place, or mentally I'm not in a super healthy place. That's okay. The church is meant to help you take your journey towards health. And as you become healthy, then what begins to happen is you become a feeder of people. You become a feeder that helps turn needers into feeders, right? And so this is the journey that God has for us. And it's, it's for us as a church, it's gonna, you're gonna see this become more and more simple as time goes by, because for us, it's not about programs. It's not about having more ministries, come to this thing, come be a part of that, show up at this, show up at that. No, it's about our transformation. It's about us enjoying the goo, the caterpillar goo that we happen to be right now. 
We're going through this. God says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Say, okay, God, I'm willing to take that journey with you. For us in a, in a lot of in-depth study, a whole lot of deep conversations over the past couple years have led us to define what we feel like is a scripturally based four-step path for people. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, where am I? Like, what do I need to do? You can, the first question you've got to answer is where are you in the journey? Are you, are you a person right now that you just really don't have a right relationship with God? I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute. Are you a person that maybe you've come in and out? Maybe you don't have any relationship. Man, small groups are perfect. They're all going to be out there. Love to meet you. It's a perfect weekend for you to get connected because they start in a few weeks. Or have you been to some small groups, but you're not really taking that next step to start really serving? Serving is really easy. The start is really easy. Now you can decide to do hard mode if you want. We celebrate that. There's a lot of people sitting in this room that do hard mode. Our church would not happen without. And then as you begin to take this journey, or are you a person, hey, I've served some, but I don't really connect with the giving thing yet. Do your own study in that. Do your own journey with that. God wants us to step into being the people that he's called us to become. And these are four things that we feel like are, are uh, across the board in a, a mature Jesus follower's life, that if we can operate in these four things, if we can know God, if we can have relationships, if we can serve other people and have the same attitude that Jesus had, like in Philippians 2, the, the attitude of a servant, and if we can give generously without expecting anything in return, we 100% believe that we're gonna change the world. 100%. So I just wanna, I, I wanna end today by asking you a question. Where are you in your journey? And what's your next step? What's the step that you're gonna take? Are you gonna get plugged into a team? Are you gonna join a small group? Are you gonna start giving? I don't know. But please, please, please decide. Just, <laughs> right? Just do it. You don't have to start over. You can start this journey and it can take you as long as you wanna take. You don't have to start over with God. It's like, hey, let's just go, man. You know, so maybe you got some relationships. You just need to take that next step on and on. Can you just bow your heads with me and close your eyes? I want to give, I want to give some of us in this room an opportunity. Today's, today's been a little bit of a different service because we're talking about some practical aspects of our church and some things that we've, that we've really changed. And like I said, now is, now is a great time for you to be here because we're starting at the very beginning of what is our church all about? Like, what is the church supposed to be all about? Helping people transform. So maybe you're sitting here and you just, man, you're just like, man, I don't, I just don't really, I know I don't have a right relationship with God and I need to get started. I need to buy into this great commandment. I need to love God. I need to experience his love. Maybe you've lived your life condemning yourself. Maybe you just feel like you're less than, maybe your self-esteem is just all time low right now. If that's you, we just want to give you an opportunity to get it right with God because this is where everything starts. If you don't do this, none of this other stuff matters. So if that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed, I'm just going to count you in a prayer. I'm not going to do anything weird. Can you just put your hand up? Say, that's me. I just, I just need, to, I need to know God right now. I just need to get it right with Him. I just know I do. Is there anybody else? You can put your hands down. And whenever they can hear my voice, just to pray this prayer and repeat after me, say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me. I want your help. Forgive me. Amen. All right. We're good now. Welcome to the club. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. 
Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.